This is Crime Beat, brought to you by Ad Taxi. How effective is your digital advertising? As a recognized leader, Ad Taxi offers customized solutions to drive consumer traffic to your website, to generate high-value leads, and to increase revenue. To learn more, visit adtaxi.com. Hey, Crime Beat listeners. This is a special bonus episode. You're about to hear about a cold case killing from 1973 in Orange County that recently drew national interest. In the last week, I've been covering this case for the Southern California News Group, and I thought it was important enough to drop this episode into the Crime Beat podcast. The newest episode of Crime Beat Season 1, Stealing Nixon's Millions, about the biggest bank heist in the history of the United States, will drop in its normal schedule on Thursday. You'll hear Episode 5, the amazing story of what happened when one of the thieves tried to start a new life as a fugitive. For this bonus episode, however, the tone is much different. On July 6, 1973, it was a Friday, 11-year-old Linda Ann O'Keefe called her mother Barbara from Lincoln Intermediate School where she was taking a summer typing class. Barbara told her to come straight home. Linda was last seen around 12.45 p.m. near the intersection of Marguerite and Inlet Drives in Newport Beach. Witnesses said they saw a blue or turquoise van pull over near where the girl was walking. And then she was gone. Six hours later, at 6.42 p.m., Linda's mother called the Newport Beach Police Department, and a massive search was launched. There were helicopters and police jeeps. Search parties were organized. 25 police explorers, kids who weren't that much older than Linda, joined dozens of people fanned out across Newport Beach. I interviewed patrolman Stan Bressler, who participated in that first search. My colleague, reporter Sean Emery, made a recording of Bressler's comments. I'll play some of that in a minute. The recording is pretty faint, but I wanted you to hear his voice. The important context Bressler offered was that in 1973, police work was conducted without the aid of very much technology. He remembers having little more than a badge. There was no CSI magic like we know it today. I asked him about that contrast. Did did you say that you didn't even have a radio? Oh, no. 63? Yeah. Yeah. We had a gun and a holster. That that was the technology. Linda was a little girl who played the piano. She was about five feet tall and weighed about 85 pounds. She had straight brown hair that hung below her shoulders. She had two sisters. She was last seen wearing a white dress decorated with blue flowers and dark blue trim around the sleeves and neckline. She was carrying a green nylon jacket and a red, white, and blue book bag. Her disappearance scared any parent who heard the story. It was 1973, the era of Watergate. President Richard Nixon was fighting to keep the White House tapes secret. Several people said that in 1973, things like the disappearance of a little girl just didn't happen in places like Newport Beach. 
and it just didn't happen. Uh, you know, Newport was a quiet little tower, and I think we were all shocked. I always hoped that they'd get the guy. And, and, and it's funny, it's hard to explain, but once in a while you just think about it. Of course. And uh, in your mind, Bill, wow, we never solved that case. Here's Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer in a news conference. It's bittersweet to me because um, she was 11 years old when she was killed and I was 12 years old uh, when she was killed. Just to put this in some perspective, 45 years ago when she was killed was when the Watergate hearings began in our nation's capital. And yet for 45 years, the Newport Beach Police Department never gave up. The detectives dogged this case the community made sure that justice would be secured. On Saturday morning, July 7, 1973, a man named Ron Yo was taking a tour of Newport Beach's Back Bay. Ron had been an Orange County Planning Commissioner. He was with a group of people, and they were searching for a spot in the remote area to build an education center. About 11 a.m., Ron was near the corner of Back Bay Road near East Bluff Drive. He saw a tiny hand sticking out of the bushes. Linda Ann O'Keefe had been strangled and left in the bushes along a one-lane road. My name is Keith Sharon. I'm a reporter for the Southern California News Group based in Orange County, and this is Crime Beat a podcast where we take you behind the scenes of a fascinating case. You're listening to a bonus episode, The Girl Who Wouldn't Be Forgotten. The first newspaper headline about Linda O'Keefe's death appeared in the Sunday edition of the Orange County Register on July 8, 1973. The headline read, O.C. Girl Found Strangled. The story was sandwiched between an obituary for actress Veronica Lake and a news piece about one of Orange County's part-time residents, the target of the bank burglars in season one of Crime Beat, Richard Nixon. A San Clemente Dateline story began, President Nixon said emphatically Saturday he would not testify before the Senate Watergate Committee under any circumstances, nor would he provide it with any documents prepared by him or his top aides during his entire tenure in the White House. But, looking back, it was a story about the little girl in the white dress that launched a nearly 46-year search for the truth. Our story that Sunday in 1973 didn't have a lot of details. Then again, the scene of Linda O'Keefe's discovery didn't offer many clues. But there was that white dress with the blue flowers. I talked to a person very close to the investigation. My source told me Linda was not raped, but the killer left some kind of signature that included his DNA on her dress. Signature is the word my source used. There was no further explanation of what signature meant. That white dress and that DNA sample would become very important in later years, but at the time, investigators couldn't match the sample. The sample was put into a system called CODIS, which stood for Combined DNA Index System. In those early years, CODIS couldn't help. A long-forgotten part of this case is that the Newport Beach police arrested someone on suspicion of Linda's killing three days after she was strangled. 
an 18-year-old from Corona del Mar, was arrested, and he was held in the Newport Beach jail. The police obtained and executed a search warrant for his room and spoke with his mother, but he was released two days later after his arrest. I'm not going to mention the 18-year-old's name because he wasn't prosecuted and there's no need to put him through the spotlight again. Detective Captain Donald Oyas told the register there were insufficient grounds to make a criminal complaint and that the investigation of the case was continuing. A few days later, Oyas and the police requested help from anyone who might have seen Linda after she left school. He told the register, We've checked several leads, but we don't have anything concrete to go on. We're asking that anyone who might have seen the girl after she disappeared get in touch with us. When I was a kid, um, I went to a funeral for my for one of my cousins, and he died before his mom did. And I think there's a little axiom for those of us who are parents or have loved ones. No child should predecease a parent. Linda Ann O'Keefe was buried in Pacific View Memorial Park. After that, her case went cold. I mean really cold. The 1970s ended and the 80s, and the 90s. In the first two decades of the 21st century, nothing much happened then either. But the police would not give up. This is me asking Newport Beach Police Chief John Lewis about the people who investigated over the years. Yes, sir. Keith Sharon, Orange County Register. Can you estimate, is there any way to estimate how many detectives have worked on this over the years? And could you talk about how it has changed hands, the, the police uh, behind the scenes? That's an interesting question. I mean, I, um, there, there's been hundreds of folks that have been involved in this case over the years. And when, you, when we look at it as a, as a police department, we look at the initial patrol officers that responded that day um, in 1976, con- conducted the uh, neighborhood canvases, the um, officers that came on the shift that later on that night um, and for months and months pursued every lead that we had um, back 45 years ago. Um, You look at the investigators that have looked at this case and kept it alive over the years. It's been been the effort of lifted up by many strong arms over our department for for many, many years. So the number, I I can't tell you it's exact, but there's uh, certainly significant effort over many years by uh, a number of our folks that um, contributed to the resolution or to where we are today in this case. Bressler, the patrolman, said the case grew so cold he had doubts justice would ever be served. You assume that he passed away by now, you know, you think, well, of course, I'm older than he is. It's hard to catch a dead man. And now a couple of words about other things we do here at the Southern California News Group. At the Orange County Register, we'll keep City Hall honest, corporations accountable, and report on local sports, events, and issues in your community, accurately and objectively. And that's worth paying for. To subscribe, call 1-877-469-6133. That's 1-877-469-6133. In 2018, a couple things happened that altered the trajectory of this case. First, the Newport Beach police hired a company in Virginia called Parabon Nanolabs. This is from the Parabon website. 
we offer the Parabon Snapshot DNA Phenotyping Service, which produces a descriptive profile of the source of any human DNA sample, including pigmentation, face morphology, and other forensically relevant traits. In other words, Parabon used the four-decade-old DNA sample to come up with a composite picture of what the killer may have looked like. Then, they also came up with a picture of what the killer might look like as an elderly man. I think we can all expect, and I think we're starting to expect as a society, that some of these old cases are being solved. And I hope that you as members of the media, and thank you so much for being here today, that you will never, ever, ever take these cold cases for granted. Every single time we solve a cold case, we have an absolute duty to continue to pursue these cases until we can bring a resolution, irrespective of how old they are. But I can tell you through both traditional DNA and through genealogical DNA, we have every opportunity in the world to solve so many of these cold cases that we never had hope in the past of solving. Around the same time, the police got another idea. This idea may not have led to the solving of the case, but it was still an incredible idea. Newport Beach police officer Jennifer Manzella went on Twitter and posted tweets as if they were in the voice of Linda Ann O'Keefe 45 years after she disappeared. Manzella said she got the idea of tweeting Linda's voice from a cold case in Canada where a police department had done the same thing. They timed the release of the tweets for the same day and the same time Linda disappeared 45 years earlier. Her tweets were haunting. Hi, I'm Linda O'Keefe, or Linda Ann O'Keefe if I'm in trouble with my mom. 45 years ago today, I disappeared from Newport Beach. I was murdered and my body was found in the back bay. My killer was never found. Today, I'm going to tell you my story. Manzella used the hashtag Linda's story. My mom made my dress, and also the book bag I'm carrying. It's red, white, and blue with stars, and it feels very patriotic after the 4th of July. My mom made matching bags for all three of us, my sisters and me. The police thought the tweets and the release of the DNA composites would spark new interest in the old case. It wasn't long before they got the break they were looking for. A source close to the investigation told me that a man named James Allen Neal began a genealogical search to find out about his family tree. My source said Neil sent in a sample of his DNA to a company called FamilyTreeDNA.com. Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer now says that DNA sample matched the sample taken from Linda O'Keefe's homemade flower print dress in 1973. The police weren't satisfied with only that match. They sent a secret team to Colorado and followed Neil, who lived in Colorado Springs. They got additional DNA from something he touched. They wouldn't release the details of how they got that sample. But here's the significance of what they found. When they tested it, that sample also matched the sample from Linda O'Keefe's white dress. On February 19th at 6.29 a.m., they swooped in and arrested James Allen Neal without a struggle. Back in Orange County, Stan Bressler's phone started ringing. He was one of the patrolmen who participated in the first ever search for Linda Ann O'Keefe. 
always think, you know, wonderful ever get that guy. And you got him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good day. He stopped talking because he was overcome with emotion. He pumped his fist in the air. Here's Spitzer making the announcement. This morning we're here to announce the arrest of James Allen Neal, a 72-year-old, who also goes by the name James Allen George Layton. He's being charged with murder and two special circumstances. He's also being charged with murder, uh, kidnapping, uh, with the intent uh, during the commission of the murder, and also willful, deliberate, and premeditated um, an act during the murder of a lewd and lascivious act upon a person of a child under the age of 14 in violation of Section 288. Spitzer announced the arrest standing in front of a big poster of Linda, the same picture that has been hanging in the Newport Beach Police Department all these years. Thank you for joining us for this bonus episode of Crime Beat. If you already subscribed because you're hooked on the true story of the biggest bank heist in U.S. history, be sure to listen to our next episode. This is when our wild tale might just tug on your heart a bit. And if you only just tried our podcast to hear about the Linda O'Keefe cold case, please consider checking out Crime Beat, Season 1, Stealing Nixon's Millions. It's about thieves who went after $30 million of Richard Nixon's dirty money. It's got colorful characters who discuss their roles in the crime and in the investigation, and even our countdown of top bank heist movies of all time. That episode drops Thursday. The best way you can support this podcast is to give us high ratings and reviews and tell your friends to check out our work. Thanks for listening. Crime Beat Season 1 was produced by the Southern California News Group. The executive editor was Frank Pine. The senior editor was Todd Harmonson. Sound editing by Jeff Gritchen. Graphics by Kurt Snibby. And I want to give special thanks to podcasters who inspired this work. Amy Wilson and Amber Hunt on Accused. Sarah Koenig on Serial, Brian Reed on S-Town, Chris Gofford on Dirty John, Madeline Barron on In the Dark, Nate DeMeo on The Memory Palace, and Phoebe Judge on Criminal. <laughs>